Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron, and across the table for me today is uh, the Yeehaw Yankee himself, Mr. <laughs> Adam Corbin, everybody. Adam, welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me, Aaron. Yeah, I appreciate I, it. I'm loving your hat. It says Ha Yee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, uh, you know, because uh, you ever know the Granger Smith, the Yee apparel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, this is his stuff. Nice. Man. I love it. I love his stuff. The very first time I saw that hat, I still read it as Yeehaw because yeah. I think I might be dyslexic. Oh, well, so I was just like, oh, nice Yeehaw hat. And I was like, oh, wait, that's not, that's not what you're, it says. You're just like everybody else. Just then. like everybody else, just a little dyslexic. Oh, it's great. I get people coming up. They're like, oh, Yeehaw. I'm like, what does that mean? Ha oh, Yee. Yeah, ha Yee. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you uh, are, a, I don't want to say a lifer in Nashville, but you've been here for a while. When did you move here? So I moved here in 2015, August 10th, 2015, actually. It was about seven years ago now. Yeah, I moved from upstate New York, and I All right. came so down here. Had you way. had you done the back and forth thing? I didn't just... even. I had, had. I saw a picture in Nashville. That's like, all I, I ever like saw. That. Not even that. I didn't even say I liked it. I was watching like the CMA Awards, and it was cool. And I was like, "Oh, that looks cool. I wonder where that is." And then my <laughs> friend who lived here, she called me one day, and I was working. I did construction back home and shit like that. And she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm just like, you know, I'm just. Doing construction, drinking, ripping cigs all day, you know. And she's just like, "Why don't you come to Nashville and try doing music?" I was like, "All right." Okay. Wow, and a week later, I was here. That was it. <laughs> I found my first apartment on Craigslist while I was driving here. That sounds safe. Oh, it was. It was the greatest place on earth <laughs> until it wasn't. <laughs> I feel like everybody has a terrible first apartment story in Nashville. Like I was just telling you before we got on uh, the podcast here, mm. but my first apartment was in Antioch, down south of Nashville. And I lived there for two years before uh, my downstairs neighbor told me that there was a murder in my apartment. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, so you're, you're, I'm leaving. You were in Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment complex. Yeah, then, it, it? it was uh, a lady killed a guy. Oh, um, so the opposite. It was a, it was a lady that killed a guy. <laughs> uh, it was a drug deal that went wrong or something. That sounds normal. But she sold heroin. Not normal. And <laughs> killed some dude in my apartment. But they didn't tell me that when I moved in. All they said is, hey, we've discounted the rent for this unit, and <laughs> it has all new amenities, carpet, paint, like, appliances. Last I was one like, had a stain. that's awesome. This is a steal. <laughs> and then one day, I had been doing tour stop for a little while at this point, but I came home to my apartment after one of the shows had ended. It was about 12.45 in the morning, and... There's cops everywhere. There's dogs everywhere. My downstairs neighbor is outside in the parking lot with his kid. And I was like, Bobby, what's going on? He goes, man, well, they're looking for somebody. And I was like, no shit, Bobby. Like, what's going on? He goes, this ain't nothing like that time they killed that man up in your apartment. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, what? What are you What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, uh, you're, uh, you're old, the lady who lived there, the drug, uh, drug deal lady. Yeah, she she murdered a man. I'm like, what the? What? And then it was just like a can of worms just everywhere. And I went to the office the next day and I was like, hey, my neighbor told me that there was a person murdered in my apartment. And the like property manager goes, been waiting for this day. And I was like, I've been waiting for this. Like, That's all they got to you, say. You've been waiting for me to discover there was a murder. It was in the lease in the fine print. They just <laughs> didn't want to tell you directly. 
Uh, she's uh. like, but yeah, you, you've liked it here so far. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, until I realized that a man ceased to exist Carl's in ghost. my bedroom. Carl's ghost is in my bedroom right now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I thought all of the moans and creaks were my neighbors, but apparently not. Oh my God, <laughs> that is creepy. Yeah, so that was my first apartment. Isn't that illegal? Yeah. To not disclose that information? <laughs> Uh, but that's Antioch. Nashville. That's Nashville. <laughs> so you moved here in 2015 from uh, you, what part of New York? Upstate, it's in you the, said? Yeah, the Hudson Valley. Anything that's not the city we call upstate. So. Okay. It's the Hudson Valley. It's like the tri-border where New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania all touch. Mm-hmm. It's literally the boondocks of New York. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great, man. I mean, I grew up, it was apple orchards, dairy farms, and cornfields. That was it. Was music a big part of your upbringing? Oh, yeah. My father is a musician. Uh, he played... Uh, for a bunch of people, he played with for ba- uh, bass for like Chuck Berry, and he was in Shauna Na. That's cool. Um, yeah, he's a songwriter too, lifelong songwriter, still doing it. And uh, he, he taught me how to play three chords when I was ten years old. Nice. And I kind of just took off from there, you know. Taught myself everything else after that. But it was funny. Like sometimes I'd be like at college or something like that, and I'm trying to figure out what a chord is. And I'm, yes. like, that was before we You're had like, like these two notes sound good together, right? And I would, but that was before we had like FaceTime or anything like that, any kind of like video calling or anything, because I'm old like that. And I'd be like, oh, what happened? What about when you put your finger here, 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 and here? And he'd do it at home, and then he'd tell me what the <laughs> chord was, and that's how I'd figure out like what a like a minor chord was at one point. You know, I didn't know any of that shit. I remember just like the magic of learning to play the guitar. Like the first time you play oh, yeah. a solo, smoke on right? the water. You're just like, oh my god, like. I'm doing it. I thought I knew what a solo was until I started soloing. That's why I play bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, that that was a, that's a, the next thing I was going to ask you. You play more than just the guitar, right? You play bass in several people's bands here in town, yeah, don't you? Yeah, a bunch of bands because bass was what pays the bills right now. You know, it's great. I mean, I play for this guy I'm about to play for, I don't know, Kyle Elliott. Um, I played Shout for, out Kyle Elliott, yeah. tour stop alum. Big time. Yeah. Another guy I did some playing for was Nick Hickman. He's all over the place, too. Hunter Taylor, who you've had mm-hmm. before. Damien He was C- on last week's podcast, if you haven't listened to it. That's right. Damien C. was another guy. Um, I mean... I, I You're all over the goes, place, man. Dude, I'm... You're a, not just doing straight country. No, no, it's not. That's the thing. You're like, all over. Well, I grew up on, like, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan type of stuff. Right. So that's kind of, like, where my roots came from. But then as a kid, I was in all these bands, and we were metal. Like death metal, really? It was yeah. You look at me now, and you're just like, you're in a death metal. It's like you, the guy wearing a hard yee hat, right? Like, I was in a with, metal band with my shirt tucked in and fucking work boots on. <laughs> yeah, but that was the thing. Like every, all my bandmates would be in like skinny jeans, like tight V-neck shirts. You know those little beanies. There I am, and you were a punk. I wasn't. I was boot cut jeans with <laughs> with boots. You were surrounded on. by punks. Yeah, and I had like my baseball T-shirt on and a flat brim <laughs> hat, wearing bright colors. Yeah, was I was a I was a punk. Like I wore I wore the skinny jeans. I had the Vans. Oh. I had the V neck. How do you tee. move around in those things? Yeah, that was that was what I did. And how do you breathe down there with those skinny jeans? <laughs> the uh, the skinny jean technology has improved since then. Yeah. They've got all the now they got the, stre- the stretchy jeans now. Those, oh yeah, I heard. I heard those were comfortable. The uh, the stretchy jeans are nice. They make you feel like not quite as fat. <laughs> After I eat Thanksgiving oh. dinner this year, I'm not going to have to unbutton my pants. You only have Thanksgiving dinner once a year? <laughs> yeah. That's it? That's that was actually one of my favorite parts of holidays back home was just like over deliberately overeating yeah. until like right before the heartburn. 
Oh, I love And humper. then just like uh. unlatching my belt and feel everything just go. Boom. Oh, you let the belly just go right over the <laughs> yeah. pants? Oh, yeah. That's me on a daily basis at this point now because I, yeah. drink, I drink so much bush light at this point now. My family has always said that the Shilb family tradition is overeating. That's And great. I was like, well, that's not just a Shilb family tradition. Right. That's like an American tradition. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, I love it. I, that's why I go home every now and again. <laughs> you know, my mom. I need to make some bad decisions, but not. Well, I mean, I don't need to go home related. for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I go home. My mother's Italian as hell, and she makes all this amazing food when I go home. And it, it's like <laughs> soup to nuts. It's amazing. It's some of the best pastas, some of the best pasta really? sauces. Yeah, I grew up very Italian. So I was like, all my mother's family, there's always home cooked meals and home cooked sauce, homemade pasta. Home cooked sauce is a game changer, man. Oh, I do yeah. that. We do that too. Me and my roommate, who's my drummer, he's from New York too. And uh, we do sauce Sundays on Sundays. Nice. Yeah, we make sauce for the whole week. I have not perfected a red sauce yet. Well, that's where you it's got a lot it. harder. Marinara is that's where once you get into the marinara, once you make a good marinara, then you're golden. It's a, it's a lot know? harder than making like a cheese sauce or something. Well, yeah, you throw cheese and butter and yeah. some butter and some little bit of you start with the roux cream. and everything, man. But yeah, a little bit of whipping cream. From, trying know? to get those tomatoes that perfect consistency, and then if you overdo it just a little bit, you've you're, ruined. You're screwed. You're screwed. Hours of work. Oh yeah, I mean it takes me it takes us four hours to make sauce. Yeah, and but boy, when it's done, oh, it's worth it. It's if you can't tell, second. this is around dinner time when we're recording it, it and is. I'm starving now. <laughs> just just a li- just a little hungry. <laughs> I'm so hungry now. I gotta go find a good pasta joint. Have you always been a cook? Uh, I haven't. Um, girl, my mother has been. My father has been. I started cooking when I first moved here, and I started. Was work- that more of a necessity thing? No. It, well, yes and no. Um, I worked in this restaurant when I first moved here. I worked in a party foul, and uh, I was in the kitchen, and I was okay. the kitchen manager, and I had no idea how to cook. And I was like, why'd you make me a kitchen manager? I've lied but, my way into a job before. I didn't even tell them I knew how to cook. They just put me down there and said, hey, you're <laughs> kitchen manager. I Great. said, sweet. <laughs> and, uh, but then the chef, like, you know, he taught me a lot. He took me under his wing and taught me a lot of how to cook. And then I'd always call my grandmother, and she was the best cook I've ever met in my entire life. Excuse me. And, I feel like um, everyone's grandma is the best cook of well, their entire life. And we're getting progressively worse and worse as oh, we get through the generations. This next generation's food is going to taste like, my like dad garbage. used to cook steak for us when I was a kid. And I didn't know until I was well into like college that stuff. steak wasn't gray. <laughs> I I always thought it's just like no, you cook a steak until it's gray, and then you put a one on it. No, no, <laughs> not even close. I I remember the first time I ate a That's steak a that was cooked you know medium that? rare, and it's like, what is this? Is this different That's than bleeding. like a regular steak? And they're like, no, this is just a regular like yeah. It's like filet steak. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. Medium rare is the perfect temperature for yep. for meat or for steak. You know, don't try don't try cooking chicken to a medium rare. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's still gonna it's still gonna be raw on the yeah, inside. Yeah, it's still gonna be raw. But I mean, <laughs> rare people who get their steaks rare are psychopaths. I think they you want know? it to be fleshy. Well, yeah, and that and who does that remind you of? Who would you <laughs> okay, see a Netflix documentary? Yeah, right. Who would you see a Netflix documentary <laughs> on? Psychopaths. <laughs> and by then, the people that get it well done, medium, you're cool. Medium, medium's cool. I get medium every now and again. I'll get a. Me- I get my burgers medium. I, get, I like I like my ground beef a little more done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they, otherwise it just falls apart. Yeah. You know, so you gotta get a little more done. But I do like a steak medium every now and again. But anybody gets it well done, like a hockey puck. Randy Shilb. Oh, really? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. But, sorry, Dad. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Mister Shilb. But uh, that's just that's not okay. I don't. It's a, 
It's a disservice to the cow that laid its life it on the line for you. Exactly. I mean, he he did that for you. He, Have you ever had Wagyu beef? Uh, one time. I've never had it before. It's delicious. I've, I've heard it, and yeah. for the expense, I would hope so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 150 bucks it's for like a four-ounce steak or something. Yeah, and they do sell like Wagyu ground beef mm-hmm. that I've made into meatballs before. And that is the best meatball I've ever made in my life. Really? Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. Besides venison. Venison meat is really, really good meat. I love venison. Have you ever used a, uh, not a convection oven, but a air fryer? Uh, no. I so don't, I don't like them. I used to dog sit for this lady, and she had, I, I think she had purchased an air fryer for somebody uh-huh. who didn't want it. She's like, hey, if you walk my dog for free today, I'll just give you an air fryer. And I was, I was, it was right in the height of COVID. And I was like, sure. During COVID, this sounds yeah. like a commodity that I might be able to sell for 20 bucks. During COVID, yeah. It's a great, that's a great deal. Yeah. And I ended up actually using it a lot. Like, but people are all like, this new technology, the, the air fryer is like, no, it's it's a small convection oven. No, like, no, that's I, all it is. Air like, fryers are the like my grandmother is rolling over in her urn right now. If mm-hmm. she would have known that I had an air fryer, but I do not have an air fryer. They're nice. It's convenient, but they're they're small and you can't cook a lot. I'll give you the convenience. Yeah, but there's nothing like dropping something in a good old fry basket into yep. a fryer with the oil and everything like that. Because it adds to the flavor, it does. You know, it's not you, you can't just throw like meatballs in a, in a you know, or mozzarella sticks. Do air fried chicken? Now? Probably that's why it sucks. It pro- I bet you, I bet you it's terrible. Exactly you know, that's why, why everybody sucks. wants original recipe. Right? We don't want KFC or pop. I, I can't stand fast food chicken. <laughs> I want I want my hands to be shiny at the exactly. end. Exactly. That's the best part because then you can lick it. You know, it's yeah. great. That's isn't that the, the saying like finger, finger looking, looking good? good. <laughs> yeah. <that's it. laughs> exactly. Now they took the finger licking out of it. By Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now they took the finger licking out of it. It doesn't even matter. What's point of going i honestly couldn't tell you the last time i had kfc though it's been a long time we have one down the street from our house and i never go i i make fried chicken at my house all the time we do too i'll make i'll make homemade uh, fried chicken and stuff oh yeah we did the same thing we just figured out our recipe for the flour too it's great nice oh yeah i'm not telling it's a secret though i can't have you ever used uh i think it's pronounced panko yeah panko crumbs yeah yeah Yeah, it's just breadcrumbs yeah it's just breadcrumbs but i i started using that on like i made a baked chicken the other day wait hold on Adam's beer is empty. Grab another beer. Right. <laughs> so we old got, bush uh, latte. We've got a like a beer tin over here just on our podcast table from Voodoo Ranger. But Adam's gonna open his beer on the mic. Hey, <laughs> squirter. But we've uh, we've got these these just random beers. So. Adam's having Bushlight. I have a New Belgium 1985 IPA, and then in the bucket we also have a Two Lane Golden Lager. And I saw that's a the, Blue uh, Moon that's in the there Luke too. Ryan. Oh, is that what that that's is? The Two Lane Luke Ryan oh, beer. That's cool. But they talked about sponsoring Tour Stop for a while, so I was like, I guess I technically have to try the beer before. Oh yeah, I take the money, have to. and then it, nothing, it didn't work out. So that's why I still have beer left over. That explains the potluck of <laughs> yeah, beer. Yeah, I just got <laughs> beer left over, and it's fine. It tastes like any other light beer you've ever drank oh so it's like bush latte yeah except bush light costs 10 bucks and that one costs like 25 for like a six pack yeah or i think it's, it was a 12 pack with 25 okay. bucks and i was like man if i'm gonna pay this much yeah i'm just gonna go to a bar well yeah that's luke i mean <laughs> when you put luke's name on something it's gonna double its fucking price yeah exactly immediately. It's, it's luke bryan yeah i look at his bar for crying out yeah now. exactly you know? I've actually never been to the the bridge downtown. I've never been to Luke's bar. I uh, saw so last time I played there was with Kyle Elliott a, f- a few weeks back. 
That was my first time playing there. Is that one of Kyle's regular gigs there? Yeah, he does the high wire circuit. Right. So he does the Luke Bryan's, and then um, like tonight we're playing down at um, FGL House. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot what the other place. You got were. a gig down there tonight. Yeah, tonight. Sorry too. if you're listening. It's already oh, yeah. happened. That's already happened. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so today, what's today's date? The thirteenth. So I'm like, yeah, thirteenth. Yeah, thirteenth. Yeah, that's right. And but let's that, see. I I can't remember how it is that you and I met. <laughs> I remember. I, I, I remember how. I think. It was at Alley Taps? It was at Alley Taps because I've been trying to get a hold of you and Tour Stop for like a year at, at that point. And like, you know, messaging you guys on uh, Instagram and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you had gotten back to me and stuff and uh, told me to fill out the form and stuff like that. And I was doing all that. And then I was running a, a songwriter night at Alley Taps. And I just saw you throw a sticker up on the little pole <laughs> that's there. I said... That's Aaron from Tour Stop, I think. And I was talking about, I was like, give me one second. I was talking to somebody. And I was just like, stay here. I got to go talk to this guy real quick. And I just walked up to you and I was like, hey, you're Aaron. I need to talk to you. And I was, I was pretty sure I was drunk. Yeah, you were going to another show too and then coming back. Like you were doing like a whole bunch I of stuff. I forget what the situation was that night, but yeah, I, I remember coming back. Yeah. But I said, I was like, I know you're busy, but I was like, stick around for one song of mine, and then you can go. And, t and if you don't like me, you don't have and to talk I, to me. And I stuck around. We stuck around, yeah. <laughs> you did. And I was like, if you don't like me, you don't have to talk to me. And then <laughs> no, a lot of people like give me slack because they're like, oh, I've been trying to play tour stop for years. And I was like, right. I apologize. Well, you it, have so many people. There's so many people. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I know. That's why I never, that's why I like, never People take don't offense. realize that I have booked, like, I think I've booked something like, 1,500 different songwriters on my show. That's ridiculous. In what, one like, month? <laughs> that's It's fucking incredible. That, that's how many people want to play, which is awesome. Well, it's Nashville. Yeah, it is Nashville. Yeah. Like, literally couldn't do this anywhere else. No, I mean, maybe Austin, Texas, you could get away maybe. with it. Maybe, if that. But Nashville is so unique in that sense that, like, there's a million of me in this city. And mm -hmm. we're all writing, well... I was going to say we're all writing different songs, but that's not the case. No, that is not no, the case. No, that is not the case at all. <laughs> Will is over there laughing. He's like, no, that is not the case. <laughs> well, I'm working on a song right now, and it's uh, the, the hook is all the same songs, all the same stories, all you songwriters are so damn boring. And I'm going to break a lot but of yeah, people's I hearts. Do, I do want to give a COA. If you're trying to play Tour Stop, don't give up. Don't, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. No. It, it, like, I think in a couple of weeks, we do our show at Sunny's every Wednesday night. You've yeah. played that one, right? Yeah, a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of times. But after you're, I don't want to say after you're in, you're in, but it's like. If you're good. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you play once and then you just like occasionally come through and say, hey, what's up? Right. You want a beer? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'm probably just going to pull the calendar out and say, when do you want to play again? Right. That's how, that's pretty much how it worked with us. Yeah. Like you had me play the Sonny's one and then you're like, and I was like, hey, if you got any others, like let me know. And you're like, well, let's see what I got. Let's, let's do this right now. And then you gave me that full band show, which we're going to get, we'll get to. But yeah, uh, we, uh, well, yeah, let's get to it, man. Yeah. You did the uh, Tin Roofs Broadway second floor full band show back yeah. in August yeah. 2022, the year of our Lord Blake Shelton. <laughs> Running gag, I guess. But I guess so. uh, you, that was for a uh, a release you did, right? Yeah, it was my single release, my most recent one, which has been the one that's taken off the most. I think it's got like, I think I'm almost up to 15,000 streams Hell on Spotify, yeah. which is nice. You know, it's a lot for me. I know what was not, that called? It's called She's a 10 Butt. Right. And I, it, I wrote it because I had all these girlfriends, not at the same time, separate times, don't worry. <laughs> Uh, I was like, all right, let's get into that. <laughs> let's dive into that. Separate times. And every single girlfriend of mine was always just like, oh, when are you going to write a song about me? I was like, when are you going to write a song? When are you gonna... And then they'd always like break break up with me, break my heart in the end, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, and then be like toxic type of thing. So, mm-hmm. and I saw this TikTok trend of he's a 10, but you know, all the, oh, I remember that one. All the girls were doing it, and they're like, he's a 10, but he doesn't drive a truck, so he's right. a four. Right. I'm just like, I drive a Honda Accord. <laughs> I was like, I am not a four. I, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start rating you now. <laughs> so, it's like, let's turn this around. All right. Right. So it's like every line in the song, or mostly every line in the song, is related to one of my ex girlfriends. And when the song came out, I got a lot of text messages. It was great. <laughs> They're like, so which one am I? I'm like, figure it out. Figure it, <laughs> figure out. it out. You should know it's which like one we you were are. together. You can remember. Right. You can remember which one you are. <laughs> it starts off. She's a 10, but she's texting nine other guys. Five because <laughs> five because she's got the time. That's one. <laughs> That's a good line. That's one. <laughs> Did you write that by yourself? So I wrote almost all of it by myself. I needed help with a couple lines in the second verse. And I gave my, you know, my friend, uh, Jordan Deltzer. She's, um, She's here in Nashville now. Is she a 10? <laughs> she's a 10. <laughs> she's a 10. But. Uh, no, no but. No, no well, but. Well, a lot of but, but not hey. but, but no but. <laughs> she's going to hear this and laugh. Anyways, continue. You wrote it with Jordan. Yeah, she gave me a few lines for the second verse because it goes, she's an eight, but she never wants to plan the date and says whatever is fine. And you know, if, if I had a nickel for every girl that told me whatever is fine, but it's not fine. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've said that. Yeah, but you don't go ape shit when you know when not, when it's not fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're like, well, I didn't want to go here. I yeah, I was to. thinking about that the other day, and it was like, anytime somebody's like, how how are things? It's fine. If you say it's fine, that's they, all they want to hear. Right. They don't want you to say, well, and you're like, oh shit. Oh, the well. Well, you're like, dot, I'm dot, not dot. ready. I'm not ready for this conversation. Yeah. Where those little bubbles it was start like, popping up. I was like, we're at a bar right now. I'm right. not ready for you to bare your soul to me. Right. So <laughs> really, she's a ten. Was basically like, kind of like a, a, I was don't don't not donating it, dedicating. That's the word. Gotcha. <laughs> I, have, I have trouble with words. Dedicating it to all my ex girlfriends. Ah, yeah. I dedicated a song of mine uh, to an ex-girlfriend called uh, Went Out With a Bang. That's a good one. I yeah, like that. It's when uh, she went out with a bang I, got, I, got, I got dumped during the act. Oh, that's yes. new. It literally went out that's with a bang. <laughs> literally went out with a bang. So not, wow. a, uh, not a shining moment for me. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Katie, this is for you. Oh, Katie. <laughs> Shout out. Good God! Wow, you got wow. Okay. Yep. We'll see if that's uh, great. And see, it's funny knowing about like having like hindsight on the situation now because right. uh, I bought a house last year and moved over oh, nice. into West Nashville, and I used to live over in East. And I'm really glad that I moved yeah. because this girl that I dated bought a house across the street from where I used to live, sure. and I'm just like. That's like the plot of a bad movie. She did it on purpose. You know that, right? Yeah, it was like, I just can't, I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> uh, she, she couldn't help being away from you. Yeah, so that's a, I think my life is better off for it now. And I got oh, a yeah. hilarious song out of it. Oh, yeah. That's the best part about Toxic Ex-Girlfriends. You mm-hmm. get the best songs out of it. Yeah, you get the best songs yeah. out of it. Oh, like, yeah. The lyrics for it are, eh, they're okay. Yeah, it doesn't need to be good. The lyrics of it are fine. You think Dick Down Dallas is a good the song? Whole, exactly. I mean, come but on. the funny part of this song is that I start crying halfway through it, right. and I'm singing the second oh, verse God. like this. And then at the end of it, I am just scream wailing, just so <laughs> sad. And then I end the song angry, just banging my guitar. That's just my like, favorite. Yeah. I love it that. It was great, but it was so 
it was, it was fun. It was cathartic right. getting to the end of that song because after it was over, I was like, I'm not mad about this situation anymore. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like, so now I'm getting a little darker. This uh, I'm going to the studio now next month um, to record the next single. Insert air horn. And it's going to um, be called Don't Leave Me Alone. It's very sad. Very right. sad. It's probably the saddest song I've ever written my entire life. It's very co Wetzel-y. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Oh, it's so fucking dark, dude. Um, and I wrote it with a friend of mine, Tiffany uh, uh, Dohan. Dohan. She's from Canada. I don't know how to say her last name. <laughs> Tiff. She's Your awesome. friend Tiff. Yeah. She, I met her at the tour stop show, the, the Tin Roof one. Makes sense. Yeah. She's friends with my guitar player. I guess my guitar player was sleeping with her roommate or something like that. So one of my how... favorite things people say to me is like, oh, I met my best friend at tour stop. I'm like, damn right you did. <laughs> damn right. That's <laughs> that's a place to go, man. I swear to God. But and so it it's basically talks about this. Uh, it's two parts of the story. There's a male and a female. The first verse is the male. Second verse is the female. And the first, the male, he's like an alcoholic drug addict. And he hates the way his life's going and stuff like that, you know. And it's got like that Co Wetzel meets uh, Wait in the Truck okay. vibe, the new Hardy song that just came mm-hmm. out. Like the whole song kind of sounds like if Co Wetzel wrote that song, you know. So it's got that feel for it. And then the second part talks about a woman that it's like a stripper and like an abusive relationship and she hates her life there and stuff like <laughs> that. Yeah, right? I know. Pretty normal. <laughs> and, um, and in the end, it's kind of just like they're saying, "Don't leave me alone." Like she doesn't, they don't mm-hmm. want, they don't want to die up on this hill, you know. And then it just kind of speaks to a lot of people. I feel like in the world, and that's kind of like what I want to do with my music. Really, is if it can just help like one person get through a situation. Like that's all that's I cool. really care about, you know. The other day, I had an idea for a song, and it was it was a sad one. And I don't write a lot of sad music. I'm a pretty yeah. pretty chipper fella. Yeah. And I had an idea for a song called uh, "I Love You Back," oh. and. Thank I was you. I was literally like I was trying to write it on my couch and I out loud said I am not sad enough right now to write this song. <laughs> dude, well, I wrote this song when I was happy as hell. Really? Oh, dude, I was like in the greatest mood of my life. I, I just got I laid. Write it was exactly great. how I feel. I cannot put myself into a different into a different headspace. I don't do that. Well, I was just like sitting on my couch playing this guitar lick, and I just started like singing in my head. Smoking away the night's last cigarette, cocaine res sits above his upper lip, and I was just like, I gotta build off of that. That's cool. Yeah, well, that's kind of that's how the whole song starts, just like that, and then just keeps building and building and building. <laughs> yeah, all right, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like he's just an alcoholic fucking cocaine addict. That's heavy. Yeah, I'm not saying that's me, but I mean it's somebody <laughs> else. Maybe not me, but it could be somebody else. Yeah, this uh, this song idea that I'd had was. Uh, so I've, I don't know if you know, you, I think you know about my hearing, how terrible yeah. it is. Yeah. So I've lost most of my hearing for those of you who don't know, <laughs> but uh, I had an idea for this song called I Love You Back, but the perspective of it is all of the things that I'm afraid about never hearing again. Mm. And it's like, I'm afraid about never hearing the that's, rain, that's about right. never hearing the crack of a baseball bat. Ooh, that, but the thing that. that I'm most afraid of is never hearing someone say I love you back. Yeah, I think you told me about this one too. And oh... I That's I was so like I am just so I am not sad enough. No, but for you, this. you'll like, get I sad wait, real quick. I gotta wait to get with some girl who's just been dumped <laughs> and needs needs to have that. That's how I write all my my best songs. Is when one of them breaks my heart. That's great, <laughs> man. I haven't had my heart broken in so long. No, like I don't. I say that like it's a bad thing. Mine's been a few hours. So welcome to my life. <laughs> I haven't had my heart broken in so long. Like 
I just go hang out with my buddies. I drink beer and then I go do whatever the hell I want. It's like, it's not a bad life. That's called depression. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, hey, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back to the podcast with Mr. Adam Corbin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. You've been listening to this week's episode featuring Mr. Adam Corbin, who is now pleasantly surprised by the flavor of the two-lane beer it's he just not shipped. Bad, dude. <laughs> good job, Luke. It, yeah, good job, Luke Bryan. I've been to his house before. Have you really? Yeah, I was on accident, though. <laughs> How did you just accidentally go to Luke Bryan's house? So one of my ex-girlfriends that's in the song, She's a Ten Butt, she's a realtor. Cool. And so she'll know this is about her. And um she took me, she was selling Luke Bryan's neighbor's house. And she um, said, oh, that's uh, Luke Bryan's house over there. I'm like, what? Cool. And he's, she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, it's cool. So I'm like, just like walking around this guy's property and he's got, because she's just like, yeah, you can just walk around like while I'm like doing like my final inspections, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I'm like, sweet. So I go over to like this gate. It's like a farm gate. And I like open it up because I think it's his land and I'm just going to like walk on the land. No, that's, that's Luke Bryan's secret entrance to Luke Bryan's property. Oh. I, I had no idea, and like there I am standing in the back, and they, they're like out on like four wheelers and stuff, just like riding around. And I'm just That's like, cool. you didn't tell me that was Luke Bryan's place. <laughs> She's like, why'd you go over there? I'm like, I, I thought I could. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine uh, was shooting a music video, and it must have been somewhere in that same area, yeah, because uh, he was shooting a music video, and there were a bunch of people, and then the person whose house they were filming it at, it was like a swimming pool or something. Uh, he was just talking to the owner of the house, and he's like, hey, uh, my neighbor was kind of, like, wanting to see what's going on. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, you can, you can come check out it. You can be in the video if he wants. He goes, he's not going to be in the video. Oh, and he's supposed he's to like, see what's like, going on. He's like, that's fine. He's like, so he doesn't realize it, but he's like, okay, yeah, just I'll, I'll, I'll talk to your neighbor. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he goes over there, and he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry if it's, like, too noisy or anything. Like, we'll be done here for and he's just like, oh, yeah, it's fine, man. Like, don't worry about it. Like, have fun shooting your video. Who was it? And then he, <laughs> then he's just, it? it's like, it, it was over. And then the owner of the house goes, hey, man, isn't that cool? Luke, you just got to meet Luke Bryan. He goes, what? <laughs> he didn't even realize that he had met Luke Bryan. All he did was apologize for shooting a music right. video. I'm sure Luke was just like, no, that's cool, man. He's like, like, he's like, no, just do your video. You're good. Yeah, he just wanted <laughs> to see what was going on. That's all. I had a similar experience with Vince Gill. Like I was at a, oh, nice. a Vince Gill in the the Time Jumper show. Oh wow! And I had a terrible seat right on the edge of the stage next to uh, like the stairs that walk up to it over at Third and Lindsley. Mm -hmm. And it was dark, and I couldn't see anything. I was behind a wall of guitar amps. I was like, "This sucks. I can't see anything. Sound is terrible because all of the PA is facing the other direction." And then I'm just leaning against the wall, and this tall guy comes up next to me. I love tall guys. And I, and I was just like. Hey, what's up? And he's like, Hey, are you here for the show tonight? And I said, Yeah, I'm here to see Vince Gill. He goes, Sweet, me too. And I was like, Cool. Who was it? <laughs> and then it's ladies and gentlemen, welcome Vince Gill to the stage. And it's like, eh, that guy's gone. Oh shit. It was Vince Gill. <laughs> it was Vince Gill. It was the coyest thing ever, though, because he's like, Hey, I'm here for the Vince Gill show too. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was just like, man, <laughs> everybody's a comedian nowadays. Yeah, I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening, and then I was just like, "Well, that's a that is a great Nashville story. That is a cool story. <laughs> that's the thing about the city too. Like you'll meet, I mean, you'll, you'll you can meet these guys anywhere, and you don't really like. I didn't know what 
uh, what's his name? Shit. I didn't know what Cole Swindell looked like until I ran into him one day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just everyone's like, "Oh, that's." Cool. Have you so, run into Chris Young yet? That's a yeah. I ran it uh, at Doghouse. Yep, at Doghouse. Yeah. That's his bar. Yeah, he because he's he said he was like singing along to one of my songs one time. It was that's really cool. cool. Oh, dude, it was like the best. I didn't say anything to him. I didn't like talk to him. I saw him singing the back to Atlanta in the back of the bar. That's and cool. I was just like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I was there with one of my British friends a long time ago, and we're just sitting at the bar, and she just nudges me. She goes, "Oh my god, is that Chris Young?" Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah." She was like, why is he here? And I was like, this is his bar. He lives across the street. It's like, he lives across the street. This is his bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is where he goes. She goes, should I go talk to him? I was like, you can. She goes, I'm not going to so, talk to him. Cool story about Chris Young. I was I was a fan of his music, but I didn't know anything about his personality. You know, so mm-hmm. I was just like, I like his music, I like his voice, blah, blah, blah. Nicest guy ever, and this is the reason why. My buddy John um, had this dog, Enzo. And uh, Enzo ended up having being diagnosed with stage four leukemia, cancer, or whatever. It's like one of the two. And he was putting up posters all over the place to like try to raise funds for his his dog's cancer treatment. And he got a a GoFundMe thing from Chris Young for five thousand dollars. Damn, dude sent him five thousand dollars for his dog's chemo treatment. Hell yeah! And I was just like, that's cool as hell. Yeah, dude, we we went beyond be be. Uh, above and beyond that one that's okay you can use my stutter you want to leave it in you okay. can use my stutter I don't care <laughs> use my stutter uh, above and beyond and um, to get out to just like try to thank him and I, I contacted him on Twitter Instagram Facebook hell I even tried to look if he had an OnlyFans I, I tried everything to get a hold of this guy just to thank him that's cool and eventually we ran into him and John personally thanked him and everything he's like man don't worry about it he's like money's money He's like, how's your dog? And he's like, well, he's recovering now, but you know, eventually time went on. And that's dope. Yeah, it was cool as hell, man. You know, I, that money is money thing is something I've had to think about. Is like, I, I, I am not affluent by any stretch. Me neither. But <laughs> I, think uh, I drink Bush Light. <laughs> but if I do have like a little extra something, like I do love to buy my friends. Like, yeah. I'll get the, I'll get the round. Yeah. Just little things like that. Because I remember when I was in college, I was so fucking poor. Really, like. I graduated I with 69 cents in my checking account. Wow. Like, I was broke. Well, that's because you graduated. And, uh, my <laughs> uncle at the time, he knew that I was so broke. And uh, one semester, he offered to buy all of my books. That That's a lot. It was a lot. It was like $2,000. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But I was just like, all right, I can't afford it now. But one of these days, when I can, I want to be able to, like, pay that back. Right. I'll do that for somebody else. But, like, there's, it's just money. Right. I'll eventually make more. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I you know, I, I go on dates, you know, just mm-hmm. like anybody else. And a lot of these women, you know, they're very, they're afraid to be with somebody who doesn't have like a stable income. Right. You know, because I play music for a living. You know, right. it's not very stable. You know, like in the next month or two, it's going to slow down and be dead. Yep. You know, and I'm going to be. <laughs> Nashville. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to be like, you know, on the street, like begging for scraps, like, you know, like one of those homeless guys in a, yep. in a blanket, you know, except I won't have a blanket. And uh, they're like all about security. I'm like, you can always make more money. You can always make more. You know? I've made it this far. Right. It's like if you got three grand in your account, use that three grand and go on vacation. Yeah. You know, make yourself happy. Buy it. If you need, if you want to buy a new guitar, buy that new guitar. Nothing feels as good as buying a new guitar. That's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I impulse bought a guitar that I have hang. I have it hanging up at my house, but it's a Kramer Beretta, but it's a, oh, okay. a special edition called the Danger Zone. Oh. So it's orange, black, <laughs> white, it. and yellow stripes. It's super tricked I out 80s that. guitar. But 
It was on my birthday last year. I went to the Gibson Garage, oh, yeah. which is right up the street from our office here. Yeah. But I went there for my birthday, and I was like, man, I'm just going to go play guitars. And I started playing this one, and I was you like, bought one. I really like you this. I'm making a mistake right now. And then a salesman came up. He goes, hey, you've been playing that for a while. I was like, yeah, I have. I was like, I really <laughs> like it. He's like, you can leave. And then I stayed and played it longer, and he came back like 45 minutes later. He's like, you've been playing that thing for about an hour and a half, man. I was like, yeah, I have. Might as well Please leave. It. And then another half hour went by, and he came back, and I was like, you don't need to say anything. I'm going to give you my credit card. Please do not talk to me until I come to the counter. Don't tell me how much it is. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you got it, man. I'll stay in the counter, and whenever you're ready, you come. I was like, thank you. Please leave me alone now. And I just got right back into it. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but it's like, it was, I, I mean... It was a thousand dollars, and like I oh, didn't, I bad. didn't need to spend the money. I don't need that guitar. Well, you no, know, no one needs more guitars, but we we but do. But when you get one, it's, you're like, mm, I feel pretty right. good right now. I mean, I've got three bass guitars for crying out loud. I've got one. I've got a Fender Jag. Those are good bases. Fender Jag. Those are really bass. good bases. It's a good one. Yeah. See, I got the first one I ever bought was an Ibanez TM TMB. Um, I so did that. you start on the guitar or the bass? Well. Let me think. Now, I started on guitar when I was 10. I didn't pick up a bass until I was 12. Okay. Um, but before that, I started on the drums like in fourth grade. And then I'm a horn player too. Right. I picked up, I started out on trumpet when I was in fifth grade. Sixth and the fifth grade? Yeah, fifth grade trumpet. And then in between fifth and sixth grade, I learned how to play the baritone. And then sixth grade, I saw there was like 20 trumpet players and 10 baritone players. Damn. And I said to my band director, I was like, can I play something that not everyone does? And he pointed to the wall. He said, I need someone to play that. This thing, this thing was bigger than me. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, it's a tuba. <laughs> so I picked up the tuba in sixth grade. That's cool. And I, that's how I got into college was playing tuba. Really? Yeah. My, my mentor was uh, Howard Johnson. He was the uh, tuba player and Barry Sachs player for Levon Helm and the band. That's cool, man. Yeah. My, I was in a cover band with my dad called The The Band Band. We were a cover band. You know, that's not an instrument you hear many people in Nashville being like, oh, yeah, I played <laughs> the tuba. Dude, I've never met one other tuba player in this city, and it's fucking <laughs> stupid. I'm just like, dude, the tuba is the greatest fucking instrument ever created. But so we were in this cover band, and I was, when I was 16, I started playing it with him, and they brought me on the road to play one song with them per show. I was playing Rag Mama Rag. Right. And it's a tuba piece because the bass line is played by the tuba. Boom, boom. Oh, it's more than that. It's like bum like the whole song. Like you don't get a breath. It's amazing. But and I would like be out of breath by I was sixteen. And then they got a more to the horn section. They got a trumpet player and a saxophone player. Well, the trumpet player Steve Bernstein, the sax player was Eric Lawrence, and they were Levon's trumpet and sax player. Now they're Amy Helms and they play for um what's that band called? Uh Lilfoot? Is it Littlefoot? I'm not familiar, no. Uh, Dixie Chicken, the song Dixie Chicken? Yes. Will you be my yes. Dixie Chicken? They play for them now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they were Levon's players. And so they, they introduced me to Levon Helm and Howard Johnson. And Howard Johnson would bring me to his condo in Harlem, right overlooking Central Park. <laughs> and we'd just sit there and play tuba. And he'd give me lessons, like, not even lessons, just like teach me like little tricks. And like we would just jam out on the tuba. So are you going to have tuba on this new record? Uh, well, now that you bring it up, I might. Hey! <laughs> I, it wasn't supposed Nashville to be. Nashville Tour Stop exclusive. Because, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a song on the album that um, I wrote with my buddy uh, Callum Kerr. He's from Scotland, and he's one of the stars on the show Monarch on Fox. Okay. 
Uh, he's like the main character guy that sings like the Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. So anybody that watches Monarch, they'll know who I'm talking about. Um, it's called Rich White Trash. Nice. And it's about me. I broke my back a year and a half ago bartending. I slipped and fell and broke two vertebrae and had <laughs> yeah, I had uh, back fusion, two rods and four screws put in my spine. And that's when I started to do music full time because I couldn't work. So right. I had to do something to make money. <clears throat> and um, got a workers' comp lawsuit, the whole thing. So it's about my turn to be rich white trash. <laughs> you know, you see all these people like, you know, like what's that song that I think it was uh, Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood did about Chick-fil-A. Like they won a lawsuit from Chick-fil-A and now they're like buying like above an in-ground pool now, <laughs> you know, instead of above ground, all kinds of stuff. And mine's gonna be rich white trash. It's it's great. <laughs> so I might put tuba in that one now since you I brought like it up. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, it's 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 catchy too. It's really so. Catchy. Tell me about this new record. You're uh, you you're producing it yourself. You said. I'm produ- Yeah, I'm producing myself with my producer. Uh, in jo- act, you yeah. you got a, another producer involved as well. Yeah, his name's uh, Joe Passarelli. He's cool. a hell of a guy. I love. He's I think he's from Pennsylvania around there. Yeah, I know he went to Duquesne University. Nice. Um, and he went there for music, uh, engineering and stuff. Now, when are you actually going to begin tracking? Because you haven't... We're going to start all... next month. Okay, so yeah. you're not you're not into... Is it like pre-production right now? Um, not even that. He's working on a couple of different product, uh, projects right now. Cool. That's why we haven't started yet. Right. And then I'm actually busy as hell for the next three weeks. So it's like, I've got like... That's tw- good, though. Oh, dude, it's not a bad problem. I've got like 12 <laughs> shows in like the next 10 days. It's great. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Man, I, I always think back to like when we were like shut down for COVID. I was like, I am so bored. Oh, dude, I was, I was, I tried doing those live streams. Yep. I couldn't do it. Cause I, uh, I, until you just said it, I'd forgotten how many people were constantly live streaming. Well, cause what else are we going to do? I did five live streams. I did a, a show called Silly Songs with Aaron where I played all my comedy That's songs. Cool. I did like Weird Al covers. That's cool. But it was fun. And, I did the first one and I made like eight bucks and I was like, this is stupid. Oh, really? And I did it a second time and then someone tipped me $500 and I was like, well, I guess I have to do this again. It's like something <laughs> like my mother would do. You know? <laughs> I know. But dude, I cannot even think back to those years where just like I was it wasn't running. even that long ago. <laughs> it was almost, it was like it was almost years three ago. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, almost. almost three years. So it was like the beginning of 2020. It was like February 2020, I think is what it was. January That was January 2020. I think that's when like the, the that's when NBA shit canceled. The that's when shit hit the fan. Yeah, I was at Hopsmith Tavern up on Division here in the oh, Midtown shit. Nashville area. And I was uh, watching a round that was happening. And then from the stage, this guy just goes, hey, hey, just like. Do you guys see what's on TV right now? And that's not usually what you see. That was in say. March. It was in March. At around, what? It was March. It was it March. Because it would have been March Madness. St. Paddy's Day got canceled. That's yeah. how I know. And I got and fired on St. Paddy's Day. This guy's like, hey, the NBA just canceled. And I'm like, yeah. So this might be worse than we think that it is. Yeah, well. And and then the world shut down. And yeah. here we are now. Here we are two years. Here we are now. Two years, almost three years later. But God, I'm I'm glad that the live stream thing is over god damn dude that was the roughest thing like because i was in a full band then i was in a band called broomtail mm-hmm. and we wrote all our own original music we never we never really did any cover gigs it was all right. original music <clears throat> we we're like a honky tonk boogie woogie band like if uh the way i always describe it is if uh, jerry lee lewis and the rolling stones had a baby and then they <laughs> I met like that well no no not, not done that's the first part <laughs> and, then, and then they met elvis's baby and they had a baby <laughs> then you came out with broomtail 
<laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was so. It was the most most fun I've ever had playing in a band. Dude, ever. I love that. Just kind of. I don't, I don't want to call it like '60s shuffle. Just kind of like that's what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just fun. There's there are not many sad like 60s boogie songs they're all because all it is is just like shake your hips and dance and get your girl down onto the dance that's floor right. well if you think about it, though the blues like boogie woogie blues is sad lyrics but the music it's is fun. upbeat and fun yeah. you know if you think about it that way i mean look at muddy waters for crying out loud or like, dude you know, some of muddy waters lyrics are harsh yeah. or bill withers too i mean look yeah. at these guys ain't know? no sunshine <laughs> yeah that that one's that one's kevin that one's sad that too. One's sad. that's a minor key but even jerry lee lewis you know i mean great balls of fire you know, that's a that's if you look at look at the lyrics, like it's kind of fucked up. Kind of fucked up. <laughs> you know? But, but you know, but it's a good dancing song. So these songs that are going to be on this record, are you playing them out at all right now? Or oh are yeah, they, are they there? So these are your like your round songs. These are your band songs, but these aren't mm-hmm. for uh these these aren't nothing is being re released. These are all one hundred percent new. Uh, there's two that are going to be re released. Okay, she's a ten butt. Right. It's gonna be re-released and best kind of wrong. So are these gonna be? Are they gonna be like the same master recordings, just yeah. added to the album? Yeah. That's okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll probably no. Nah, I'll probably remaster them so that everything sounds the same. Right. Honestly, you know, I didn't even think about that until I'm sure my producer thought about it, but I didn't. <laughs> that's <laughs> what people like Will get to think <laughs> that's about. Right. Thank you, Will. Shout out, Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they'll all be. I guess they'll all be remastered to all fit the same sound and same format cool. type of thing. But like, best kind of wrong was with a different producer. That was with um, Brent Raider. He, um, his brother is Danny Rader, who plays guitar for Keith Urban, and his other brother, Austin Rader, was a buddy of mine that I worked at Party Foul with. So that's kind of how that goes full circle. It's all about who you know in the city. You know right. that. And um, we did best, I wrote Best Kind of Wrong with a buddy of mine, Danny Spiro, um, who's a Nashville, he plays downtown, stuff like that, and writes songs. And we wrote that one about, it was just basically like a living the downtown Nashville lifestyle. You know, it was, it's an upbeat. Right, drink, you know, a party kind of song, fun party, fun party song, and then the you know other. what you don't hear on Broadway that sad shit. Oh well, not like, dude, you'd be surprised the kind of requests that we get. Really, some of the saddest, slowest shit ever. I got a request the other day for "Don't Take the Girl" by Tim McGraw. Bleh, I that said, is a sad, song. and I said, no, sir. <laughs> it was like you, you can have your twenty dollars back. Well, well, that, that's basically what I do. Like you know, some of these people that I play with, not Kyle. Kyle will play anything, which is great, and or he'll tell people no too, which is awesome. You know, because that's what I do. I tell people, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not playing that. You don't have to tip me. Don't worry about it. But dude. some of these people will play literally anything that these people want, even if we don't know it. I'm just like, dude, if you don't you'll, know it. For 100 bucks, you'll get the lyrics and the chords for and 100 figure bucks, the fuck out. Yes. For a measly 20 bucks? No, I'm not not taking five minutes to listen to the song, try to figure out the strum pattern and the uh-uh. rhythm. No, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to sing a girl part. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. My voice, I have balls. I'm, my, my, I'm not, I can't <laughs> sing that high. You know, I know we're in 2022, but no, I'm not going up there. But, Your falsetto is not going to go up that high. Right. But, yeah, I mean, so, like I said, like, some of these songs are going to be re-released, those two, and the other eight, there's ten songs on the whole album. Um, A lot of them, most of them are ones that I have wrote either by myself or with somebody, and there's two on there that were my dad's songs. That's that cool. I kind of did my own rendition of. Yeah, because he's been my inspiration, my idol, my whole life. That's so. a cool, uh, cool tribute, kind of a cool homage. Yeah, and they're like songs from like the seventies and eighties that just needed like a little revamp to be modernized, you know. And that's um, you heard "Back to Atlanta." Mm-hmm. That was one of his. Really? Yeah, and, that but, is an excellent song. Thank you. Well, th- thank you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but way he played it was way more like nineties country twang. Okay. 
and you hear how I do it now. It's yeah. more like a little, bit more, a little bit more pop, like, a little bit more rocky. Pop, pop rock, yeah. yeah. Pop rock country, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. I don't really have a genre, you know. Yeah, I kinda... you're not you're not playing just like pop country. You're you're you lean a little heavier into the rock. Yeah, well, and that's that's kinda... probably the metal bass player coming out. <laughs> There's that, and then hearing Cole Wetzel for the past two years, which thank you, Casey, my my other my ex girlfriend, for introducing me to Cole Wetzel, <clears throat> the, the realtor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she introduced me to Co Wetzel. Ever since I started listening to him, I've just been like, "This is country," you know. Because like when I was doing metal, they're like, "You're gonna do country in Nashville after doing metal for the past like ten years." I'm just like, "Yeah, sure. why not? Why not? Why not try it?" You know. And then now seeing that it's, it's fun doing something different, right? And then look at Hardy. Look what he just put out. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's some of that shit. He's got a song with Jeremy McKinnon, mm-hmm. the singer from A Day to Remember. I can't wait to hear that song. Dude, and see, that's one of the things. It's like, yeah, you can be a, quote, country artist, but that doesn't mean you have to put only country music out. No, you don't do any of that. You don't, yeah. do, you don't do what people tell you. Country is, I think it's one of the only genres that is completely diversified between, like, it's got its foot just a little bit in yeah. everyone's door. Well, it has to be, you know, especially now since country has turned into what it is. I mean, Nashville is no longer country music, in my right. opinion. It's an everything music town. My it biggest is. shows have been hip hop shows. Okay, I haven't experienced that. Yeah. Well, with Damien, like Damien C, he's like, I always tell him he's Justin Timberlake mixed with Bruno Mars. Yeah, that's what I always tell he's him. He's like a little little jazz, little R and B, a little funk, he's a little fucking, bit of everything. And he's a Guinea from Jersey. Yeah, I mean, I never fucking understood it. I was just like, mother, are you paisan? What the hell are you doing? Yeah, and uh, see, we, I, I'm thinking about like, I was, uh, I went to CMA Fest this year. Yeah, me too. And I was at the. Uh, First night when Al Dean played. Yeah. And I was watching the band. And I was like, this isn't country music. Like, they're playing drop C. That's They're cool. playing, like, if if they weren't singing about trucks, you'd be <laughs> like, this is a metal song, man. Well, that's like my dad always hate me, hated me growing up because I, I would always use his guitars mm-hmm. because I didn't have a guitar when I was 14, 15. And we tuned down to, like, drop C. And he's <laughs> like, you can't do that. That guitar has been in standard for 20 years. Yeah. He's like, you can't just it's been a, you, you can't not sing about it, but it's kind right. of overplayed. But if you don't sing about a truck in one of your songs, someone's going to be like, do you not you sing about you don't have, truck? like, a truck song? I don't. Believe it or not, I don't have a truck song. Do, have you heard the Dirk Bentley parody group uh, Hot Country Nights? Yes. They've got one called yes. Pick Her Up in Your Pickup Truck. Okay. Oh, it's great. Well, I did actually, I did just write this song a couple weeks ago with my buddy Garrett Schultz. Um, it's called- um, He just played Tour Stop for the first yeah, time. Yeah, Great I, dude. I told him, I was like, dude, get a hold of Aaron, man. I was like, you need to play there. And now I just hooked, I got him a gig in Denver. I was cool. supposed to play in Denver for Halloween weekend, but I've got like three shows that weekend here. And I was like, I can't go to Denver. So I recommended him and they right. got him to go to Denver. But we wrote a song called Real Good. It was an idea I had from my drummer because <clears throat> he's a he's a weirdo. But he would do this thing every time he likes something. He goes, oh, that's real good. Like, and he does this <laughs> hand gesture. You guys can't see it, but it's my knuckles going into my palm and rubbing. <laughs> and I'm like, real good. Like, that. that's a song. Like, that real good. And I took it in as it can be spelled R-E-A-L or R-E-E-L. Right? Like a, like a fishing yeah. reel. <clears throat> so we wrote a song about, like, saying, yeah, that's real good. Like, you know, and whether you're fishing or you're driving, you're picking up a girl in a truck, or you're going just going to the bar, or whatever the hell you're doing. That's real good. It could be that's when you and see that's what I don't want to call it generic because that's the wrong word. But it's uh, it's it's everything. Like you can use it in multiple situations, and that's right. when you're like, ah, I came up with a good one. That's real good. Yeah. I came up with a good that's one. Real good. <laughs> and Garrett helped me help me write that one a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I can't remember. Oh uh, yeah, it was, and it came out really. That's going to be on the album too. And then I wrote another one with uh, my buddy uh, Owen Wallace, and um, it's called 
uh, beer muscle right? instead of a beer belly. You know, it's beer muscle, you know, because tell you what, the people with the biggest beer guts have are the strongest motherfuckers I've ever they, in my life. They, they've got that low center of gravity. Well, it's like farmer muscle, man. I mean, like, yep. I've never been one to, like, be, like, built or, like, you know, right. swole, whatever they say. <laughs> Fucking douchebags. But, um, <laughs> 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 but uh, like, you know, I worked on a farm, and I was just, I was just naturally you strong. You can toss those 50-pound bales of hay wherever dude, you want. Dude, those things suck. I yes, it does. There's nothing worse than tossing a bale of hay. I don't dress country, but I grew up just close enough to the country to where I would right. go over to my friend's house, and their dad would be like, hey, you guys want 20 bucks? I'd be like, yeah. 20 bucks like, meant a lot. All right, here's 20 yeah. bucks. That hay goes in that barn sorry down the I field. Drink, sorry be if like, I drink all your beer. I'm yeah, sorry. so like, I grew up just country enough to where my friends had farms and stuff, and I would go work on the farms and stuff. But That's great. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I grew up in the suburbs. Like That was right. my life. And then my friends- or the country kids. Right. Well, that was the thing about my town. We were all just like country bumpkins, but we didn't sound like we sound like how I sound. You know? yep. We don't sound like, you know, these typical Southerners. You don't talk kind of like the people who are from central Missouri where you I'm talk from. funny. You talk a little weird. Yeet, <laughs> <laughs> yeet. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, shut up. Like, well, hey, Adam, give us a, uh, what's your elevator pitch for this uh, new album? What's what's the vibe going to be? So it's, it's kind of going to be. God, it's gonna be all over to be honest. To kind of okay. like give the give the sound that, or give the what the hell's the word? I don't know the feel that I have different sounds. You know, I can go from being country bumpkin all the way up to being like a um, like a punk rock country sound. Cool to go into like a classic rock punk sound. Tree. What they uh, they call it a hit core. I've never heard that hit core. Uh, hit core, yeah, I like that. I love. I mean, maybe I just made it up. I don't know, but I, <laughs> I thought I saw it somewhere. Uh, so it's going to be pretty all over the place, to be honest. Okay, cool. And I honestly don't see a problem in that. You know, some people are like, oh, no, you, if this is your sound, you got to go with the sound. I'm like, dude, like, I have like six different sounds. Right. You know, so it's like, why limit myself to one sound when I can reach six different audiences? Absolutely. You know, that's kind of what like Tyler Childress just did. Yep. You know, he had his classic country sound. Then he had his churchgoers sound. And then he had his like hip hop crowd that he's right. trying to reach. So that, that third part of that album... It sounds like he just gave the tracks to a DJ and said, "Make me make it, make it a remix." You don't have to pigeonhole yourself in one genre. No, you don't, and that's that's kind of like where I'm going. Like they always say, like, "What's your genre? What's your subgenre? What's this genre?" I'm like, I, I have like twelve of them. It's a, it's weird, but that's kind of like the feeling. It, it's gonna go from being very happy and partying to very very sad at one ten point. whole songs, right? Yeah, ten whole songs. Um, I don't quite know the order yet. Cool. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna be happy, sad. It's going to be melancholy. That's it, great. It's going to be a lot of different things, and I think it's really going to blow people's minds, in my opinion. And have you titled it yet? I I'm actually going to title it the How You Doing album. I like that. Yeah, because being from New York, and I know there's a lot of Friends fans, fans out there. I'm not a Friends fan, but there's a lot of Friends fans out there. And with Joey, <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? I feel like if I can get him on board, then we'd be, we'll be good to go. Just make one TikTok for me, Joey. One nice. TikTok. That's it. We'll get we'll get, a, we'll get Matt LeBlanc on and just get that. How you doing? That's all I need. That's, that's all I, you need. I, I'll drop it in a song. I don't care. Well, hey, I know. I want to close with one thing. Yeah. It's because I know you used to work at Party Foul. We uh -huh. talked about it for just a second. You and I have been through this a little bit more at length outside of the podcast. Yeah. Um, do you love hot chicken? I'm like in between. You're in between skis? Yeah. yeah. At hot chicken restaurants, how hot will you go if you eat it? Me personally, yeah, only mild. I'll only go mild. Really, I, I you're can't. not going to well, a, what is what is the party foul? Poultry geist. Poultry geist. Because here's the deal: is like I went four years of having to 
taste test poultry geist. Woof. Uh, yeah, you're telling me. I got uh, poultry geist in my eye. No, see, no, 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 no. That's the see because you did tell me this. You told I, me this. I got it in my eye at the uh, Mount Juliet location. I think is that where it is over in East no. East East Town. No, Donaldson maybe. So, yeah, Donaldson location. Yeah. That's it. I got it in my eye. Oof! God bless you. It's like and see, I didn't, I didn't like rub my hand into my All eye. Right. Something had like gotten onto my arm, so I like scratched my arm w- to my eye, and then my friend just goes, "Oh, dude." You fucked up. He knew. <laughs> and then my eyes started watering. I was like, oh, no. I used to call it Saddam's mustard it guess. took It took about 25 minutes for me to be able to, like, open my eyes again. Oh, it's impossible. Dude, can you imagine what it's like on the ba- in the bathroom it, afterwards? I I cried yeah. my way to the bathroom. I literally had to be walked to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, we used to, like, give people, like, uh, like a ha- like a whole milk and stuff there. Dude, we had gallons of milk for people that, like, got Because you stuff. know someone's going to want to try it. Yeah, well, that was the thing too. Is like people like would get because the way it it's it's scorpion pepper, reaper pepper. Um, uh, what's the other big one? Ghost pepper, ghost pepper, and then habanero powder Ugh. doused on it. And it's it. It's it, the hottest thing I've ever had in my mouth. That's why it's poultry geist. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's gonna exercise your demons. <sighs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember the it was the last time that I went there and the last time that I had it. I asked for poultrygeist on my chicken, and the uh, waitress goes, you don't no. That. You She's don't. like, we're not going to do that. Put we'll, it on the side. She's like, let's do, we'll put it on the side, and I'll give you one hotness less. And I was like, no, I'd really like it just on my chicken. She goes, I would highly <laughs> advise against that, sir. That's what we were taught to do. Yeah. We were taught to do that. <laughs> I, was, I was like, all right, I'll take your word for it. And then I ate my chicken. I was like, this isn't hot enough. So I put just a touch under my chicken. A I was like, touch is enough. I was like, I'm going to regret this tomorrow morning about 3 a.m., you're and I did. It, you regretted it three minutes later, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I regretted it three minutes later and four hours later. Well, the funny thing was, it's like, the, so remember the chef telling me a story about how he created poultry, guys. He said, the owner came to him and was just like, I want you to create a sauce so hot people don't want to have it again. <laughs> and, the, and the chef was like, yeah, that's what a chef wants to hear. Make something that no one wants to eat a second time. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. It was fucking hilarious. Well, Adam Corbin, give us your plugs. Where can people follow you on social media, on music platforms? Where can they find you? So you can find me pretty much anywhere. I mean, I Instagram, Twitter. Um, TikTok? TikTok? Yeah, TikTok, which I'm still figuring out. I still I don't get it either. I know. I'm old. I, I'm working on an OnlyFans next, you know, just in case anyone's interested. Right. You know, you eat, here I am. <laughs> Uh, Adam Corbin music. Make sure you put music at the end of it because there's a lot of Adam Corbins out there, and I'm not trying to get, have a you know somebody steal my identity <laughs> unless they want to. Then they can maybe help me with my credit score. Right. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Adam Corbin music everywhere, everywhere. And stream back to Atlanta. Stream. She's a ten, but yeah, and best kind of wrong. Yes, can't forget about that. You can follow him on Spotify and Apple Music. Keep up with the places he's playing, songs he's singing. That's right. Tour stop shows he's hanging out at. I'll have you back, buddy. All right. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. <laughs> well, guys, you can follow us at Nashville Tour Stop across all your platforms. Check us out at NashvilleTourStop.com. You can find our full events calendar there if you want to come see Adam play. Yeah. If you catch me on uh, the right day, you might actually get to see me play sometime. I don't play too much these days. but I haven't seen you yet. You might, you might get to see me one of these days. All right. But – Check us out at Nashville Tour Stop across your social media platforms. Please remember to like and subscribe and follow our podcast, whatever your platform tells you to do. Uh, Share it with your friends. 
it's it's we've been getting a, a very steady followership. So uh, yeah. to the three hundred of you who listen to this. <laughs> Thank you. You've streamed this podcast more than any music I've ever released all put together. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, Adam, thank you for being here and drinking beer with me, man. Thanks for having me. Sorry I almost drank all of it. There's, there's still two left. We <laughs> We've got, got time. a blue moon and another two laying yep. in there, I, I think. I still got a couple hours to my show, so we're good. Right. <laughs> well, Adam, thanks for being here. We'll catch you next time. But until the next time, please remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Yeehaw, motherfucker. Three to see if she can get by and warm to keep him in line. She says that you're toxic, that you don't sick, and nothing's gonna change her mind. We'll still pick you up and drive you solo. Tell you. 